you're saved today because somebody told the gospel. Somebody sang the gospel. God ordained the preaching of the gospel to save them that believe. He said in Matthew chapter 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There are at least three calls to missions in the Bible. That one is a heavenly call. That's a call from heaven. That's the eternal word of God. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Christ commissioned us to do that. That was the sovereign of this universe. That was the savior who told us to do that. To go tell people that he died to save them. And that's a powerful gospel message. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Christ bore your sins in his own body on the tree. He suffered and bled and died for you. He paid that sin debt that you might be saved. He was buried and rose again. He's alive forevermore. And thank God I've seen God use that simple message to change lives and, and my little ministry, but ministries around the world for people to be born again by the grace of God. When I was in Tennessee Temple Schools, I went to school with a man from Africa. He was as black as you can get. He had ceremonial cuttings all over his face. He just cut his body. By the way, all of that business of tattooing and cutting and piercing, it all has connections with demon worship. Are you listening? You want to be careful about stuff like that. You say, well, I've got a cross on me. Well, uh, Paul had a cross too, but it wasn't tattooed, praise God. He said he bore the cross of the Lord Jesus. That was free. I didn't have nothing to do with mission. I just thought I'd mention that to you. You know what this man was before he got saved? He was a cannibal. He ate people. And I fellowship with him, talked with him, loved him in the Lord. But the gospel message reached into the deepest part of Africa, into a deep, dark man's heart, and made him white as snow, forgave all of his sin. It's a powerful gospel. But now listen, here's the call. It's a heavenly call, but here's most of the time what we have to experience. What our Lord looked at and saw the great multitude. He was moved with compassion. And he said, they fainted as sheep without a shepherd. And he said, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. My dear friend, here's some folk this morning in the prison ministry and in the Mary Hearts ministry, ministering to hurting hearts and those that have been abused and to women and to men and boys and people who need to be encouraged in the Lord. And here's Black Creek who sings the gospel. And there's a time that all of them, just like some of you, just sit there. But God got a hold of them and they just said, I want to do something. I don't know what God wants you to do, but I know God's got something for you to do. You're part of that few. Uh, you can be part of the few that serve God. Or you can be part of the many that don't do anything. Get involved in the nursing home ministry with Brother Ray or with Brother Tom. Get involved in the care ministry. Get a handful of tracts every Sunday when you leave. Get CDs and give them out. Do something for the glory of God. Get involved in missions. Not only in your participation, but in your praying. But there's another call for missions. The book of Acts, the Bible says that God, Paul saw a vision in the night. It was a man of Macedonia. And he said, come over and help us. There's a call, my dear friend, from the nursing homes. There's a call from the prison. There's a call from people in this community up and down these roads. There's a call from across this nation. And there's a call in foreign countries of men and women, boys and girls who don't have any hope. 
the call comes because they've not found the answer in religion. They, the only hope they have will be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I who've been commissioned to go and preach the gospel to every creature, I'm glad I'm going to heaven. I'm glad you raised your hand a while ago and said you're going to heaven. But there's a great host of people who've never heard the gospel. And you and I need to get the gospel to them. There's a call not only from heaven, but there's a call from the heathen. They're crying out for somebody to help them. Tonight when I show our mission pictures of the Philippines, and I'm thankful that God allowed me to go and Black Creek helped us with that as, as many of you did. I'm thankful for the power of the gospel. I was up this morning about 2 o'clock. That's just neglectful on my part, trying to get stuff together. I've had too much to get it together. I was up 2 o'clock this morning, still working on it. But I thumbed through those pictures, my wife and I, last night. And I sat there early this morning and looked again in faces of boys and girls who'd been saved by the grace of God, and some while I was there, but many who'd got saved before I got there, and I saw the joy. And I would have been riding out from, from where we landed in Manila, 19 million people in the city of Manila, out through the countryside and village after village, t- town after town, and understand that many of those people never heard the gospel, not the true message of the gospel. 7,100 islands in the Philippines. And what God did there with Brother Tom and Sister Nita in just these short six years, he called me this morning. He, it's night there. He, when he called me this morning, they had 165 today in the church and had three people saved this morning. He was praising God and shouting. And that's because you prayed, because you gave. There's a call of the heathen. There are people being saved today in Suriname. There are people being saved in Costa Rica. There are people being saved in Philippines because you pray and because you give. And somebody's there sharing the gospel. There's a call not only from, from heaven for us to go. There's a call from the heathen. But sadly, there's an answer that we often give. There's a great feast fixed. The gospel's ready. Everything's now ready, it says. But they begin to make excuses. And you and I make excuses quite often. One man said, I have married a wife. I have bought land and, and, uh, and I've done this. But I notice one recurring word or phrase in each one of those statements. And here it is. I have. I have. My dear friends, you and I quite often don't serve God like we ought to because I have. We've just got too much. We, we've monopolized God's time with our pleasures. We, we, we've tied ourselves up so many ways financially and that we just can't serve God anymore. We have. We've got all this stuff. People are dying and going to hell. I'm not an endorser of movies, and I don't endorse you to see movies, but I had a friend who taught me into watching a movie one time called Schindler's List. I'm not telling you to go rent the movie. It's very graphic, and it's not, it's, there's some things that you know is, is about the Holocaust. But it's about a man named Schindler, who was a German, and he got a burden to save the Jews, and he used his business to save their lives. He'd, re- he'd get them to work and they didn't have to go to the, to the gas chambers. And all of that movie and the last scene broke my heart. I wept. And the last scene, he's standing there and he's having to leave the country because they, they, they've found out about him and they're going to kill him. And he came out with his Jewish friends 
And he began to weep because he's fixed to get in the car. And he said, the car, the car, I could have sold the car. How many people could, could have been saved if I just sold the car? And he had his watch and he said, my watch. He said, how many people could have been sold if I just, I could have been saved if I just sold my watch? And he began to look at the things that he had as souls and people that could have been saved. But I have, I have, I have for people who don't have Christ and for us to have so many things. I tell you, we'll have to answer the judgment seat of Christ. There's a call from heaven for missions. There's a call from the heathen. But there's another call. In the book of Luke, our Lord told the story of the rich man who died. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And he begged and pleaded for one drop of water. And Abraham said, that's not possible. Nobody can come from where we are to where you are and give you any relief. Here's the third call for missions. And he said this. He said, send somebody to my father's house. There's a call from hell. Everybody in hell wants to be a missionary. Everybody in hell would be a missionary. If they could come out of that place of torment and understand that by the simple preaching of the gospel and believing of that gospel, you don't have to die and go to hell. You can go to heaven. They'd give everything they had. They'd give their life. They'd give everything to get that gospel to a lost and dying people because they know what hell's really like. Oh, listen, the thing about that is this. They can't go and they can't give and they can't do anything other than cry and weep and wail. But you and I can. You and I can. You say, Brother Bill, I can't do anything. That's what Craig thought. And God used him. And Tracy, Scott, Brother Calvin, God's divine providence, unique stories you've heard this morning, but not so unique after all. Sitting in this building, there's so many different people that have been involved in missions, and God's used them in wonderful ways. Dr. Kerr Watkins' his wife. Dr. Watkins didn't have the education he needed to be a missionary. Had to go as a teacher. He's the only male graduate of a woman's college in Tennessee. You say, how'd that happen? That's God. But he's been across the world, around, around, he and his wife. And they come in and they hold hands when they walk in. And I go by and I say something to Sister Watkins. I said, Sister Watkins, are you ready to go to Mission Field? She said, I'm packed up. I'm ready to go. In the heart to serve, get the gospel out, do what they can. Went to the went to Wales. I think he was 65, 68 years old. Started Bible college. Stayed there five years. Not too late for you to serve God. Amen. Just let him use you. Yes. There's a call from heaven. And there's a call from the heathen. And there's a call from hell. There are six and a half billion people in the world now. Billion. Six and a half billion people. I may have got these statistics from Brother Watkins. I don't remember where I got them at. Six and a half billion. Half of the world's population have never heard the gospel. One billion seconds equals 36 years. At one second, it would take 108 years to tell all who are living now 
that never heard the gospel, the gospel. 108 years if we witness to somebody every second. 143 people die every minute around the world. 73 million a year die either saved or lost and spend eternity in hell. If all the lost people in the world currently living were lined up, they'd circle the globe 30 times and the line grows by 20 miles every day. If we could freeze the world's population so that nobody else was born and nobody would die, it would take now 6,000 years at the present rate of evangelism to reach the world. That's not going to happen. Over 90% of the Christians in the world or Christian work is done by Americans. Seven out of eight people outside of America don't even have Bibles. There are over 3,000 languages still that don't have a written Bible in their language. Somebody's got to pray. Pray you there for the Lord of the harvest. Here's what you can do about missions. You need to pray. I'm, I'm talking about earnestly pray. Begin to pray that God would send missions, that God would call people, that God would empower teachers and preachers and evangelists, and God would call, send forth laborers. You, ought to, you not only need to pray, but you ought to participate in missions. How do you do that, Brother Billy? You just ask God to use you. He said, go into all the world. He did not say go and stay. Some do go and stay. Go by and look at the mission boards, the missions in Suriname. And also back here, Brother Matthews has the, uh, they have a display back there for him. And he's he's one of our missionaries going to Liberia. Go back and look at that. Tonight I'll have, Regina and I'll have at the mission board about the Philippines. Go and look at our mission board around here at the missionaries in, in Costa Rica and Wales and around the world and pray for them. Don't walk in and out and pay no attention. But pray for these groups and pray for the nursing home ministries and pray for the prison ministry and pray. Get a burden for souls. Pray. But every person in this church also ought to give to missions. You ought to give something to mission consistently. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that, to make a pledge. And I won't have any idea who's given what because there's no place on this card for you to sign. I've given out several of them already. We'll, we'll finish it up at the end of the month. It's faith promise. I want you to just make a commitment, boys and girls, men and women, everybody, to give something every week to missions. As you give that money, you'll pray for missions. As you give that money, you'll, you'll, you'll be mindful that God's got a mission for you. And you'll be, you'll be supporting and helping missionaries around the world. Then you ought to get involved in missions. You ought to get involved. You ought to, you ought to get doing something for, for the glory of God. Can I say to you, many of you will do that. Some of you will not do that because you're you're just so preoccupied. But that will not excuse you at the judgment seat of Christ. I was reading again this morning in the book of Hebrews where he talked about that blood and Christ offering a sacrifice once for all. And he made this statement. He said that blood is able to redeem us from serving idols to serve the true and the living God. That was his intent in saving you. That you might not die and go to hell, but that you might be a servant of his and be used for his glory. In some way, some form, some fashion to do that for his glory. But may I say this to you? Some of you will let the world keep you from doing that. 
Make up your mind you're going to pray. Make up your mind you're going to give something every week to missions. Make up your mind you're going to open, open your heart and get involved in the men's ministry. Get involved in the care ministry. Use your talent for the glory of God. God's got a place for you. Go on these mission trips. Ask God. I was sharing, I didn't even finish my testimony last Sunday night. I've been praying about missions, and I'm thankful for our missionaries that are serving here locally, and some pastors have been called. But I've been here 12 years now, and not one person has surrendered to the mission field. I mean, to go and to stay. And here's the tragic thing. The attrition rate, the coming off the mission field, people coming out of missions, is not being kept up by those who are going to missions. The day's fast approaching when nobody will be going to the mission field. The Muslims will. The terrorists will. But nobody will care the gospel. God may be calling some young person in here, some older person here, to give your life completely to missions. And during these days of missions, I'm praying that God will speak to somebody and you'll yield your life. But some of you will not be involved in missions because you've never been saved. You've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You like church, you like singing, but you don't know if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. You don't know for sure that Jesus is your Savior. The gospel is not just for a show. It's to change lives. He died to save you this morning. You can have a joy and a peace you've never had before. My trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, desire that you be saved today. Jesus bore all your sins in his own body on the tree. And he died and suffered that you might have life everlasting. But he arose. He's alive now. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor and heaven laden, I'll give you rest. This morning you can be saved if you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your Savior. Would you bow your heads in prayer?